What's up, Hothheads? It's that time of year again, and the Kessel Toy Run is in full swing. Going on now through December 18th, you can join the force and donate a toy to a hospitalized child who won't be able to make it home for the holidays. You can find out how to donate in the details for this episode on makingstarwars.net or by emailing thekesseltoyrun at gmail.com. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. I am not an ace pilot. My name is Ian, and joining me as always is my co-host, also not an ace pilot, John. How are you doing, John? That is accurate. I am not an ace pilot. Nor am I. But you know who are ace pilots? Uh, Aces? Aces. And where do we see the aces, John? Usually at the back end of a pack of cards near the uh, jokers and the uh, instructions. I can't argue with your logic there, but I can also tell you another place you find aces is on Star Wars Resistance. It's time for Season 2 of Resistance Recon. How are you feeling about that, John? Feeling alright about that, specifically. Temperature-wise, in this room, it is getting warmer and warmer, and it's supposed to be fall, and I don't understand. Let's get into the nonsense. Agreed. The sooner we get into the nonsense, the sooner it will no longer be this hot in this room. And we can go get wings. Yes, wings. You know what also has wings? The ships. Aces. Oh, Oh. always get that one wrong. Well, I mean, kind of right. But we are on, uh, we're going to go ahead and review the first three episodes of Season 2 of Resistance. Hypothetically, or uh, theoretically, it's the last season? Is that what they've said? Yes. Huh. I wonder why it's, uh, hasn't been, is it just not being received as well as the previous ones? I I don't know, but I have a feeling, because it kind of came out of nowhere, that it's more of a... They kind of planned this to be a short series, a short run series, which to me kind of makes sense based on where it takes place in the timeline, how sure. we've, with episode, or with season, episode one of season two, we have now kind of caught up with the sequel. Not we haven't caught up with the sequel trilogy, but we are now in sequel Con- trilogy. Yeah, we're current, concurrent with it. Yeah, I can't say words. Um, sequel trilogy time start. Uh-huh. Time start. Um, time start. Maybe this will uh, this this season will kind of end towards the beginning or towards the end of um, the Last Jedi. That makes sense, yeah. Because well, right now the Last Jedi takes place directly after. Well, right now it's currently happening during the Last Jedi. Yeah, that would make sense because of the events that happened in Episode Mm. One, right? Which we'll talk about right soon. Or was that two? They didn't show up until 2. Yeah, episode 2. That's yeah. correct. Because episode 1, things happen that we will talk about right. soon. Speaking of episode 2, let's talk about episode 1. Yeah, and uh, let's go into what happened in that episode. John, well, hit me. Well, well, real quick, before we do that. Um, or, or don't hit me. I'm not. I mean, I will later, but that's an entirely different thing. Uh, when Before I started watching... Uh, watching the episodes of the season two i wanted to kind of go back and see like what we remember of season one what we're kind of looking forward to with this season uh-huh. see. yep uh, that being said i now need to find my tablet untangle it from all the wires and read a prepared message <clears throat> i i had no foreknowledge of this so 
I had a lot of time in the, the weeks I've been waiting for Ian to catch up on these episodes. Mm. So, uh, my before thoughts. This is, this is, so what I'm hearing is this is going to be my fault. It's, yeah. Uh. Always, always. Boo Ian. Mm. Boo. Please uh, hashtag that. Uh, no. like, and, like and subscribe. Uh, that, sign up for our Patreon. We don't have one of those. Um, what, what are the other YouTube things? Check out our Twitch channel. Share. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway. Um, if we get 1,000 likes on this video, we will... Wrestle a Nexu. I don't know. That sounds really dangerous. Um, so, my before thoughts. Uh, I didn't like Resistance at first. Uh, mostly due to the animation style. Things seemed too bright. But as the series progressed, I think, Ian, you remember me talking about that. Like, yeah. Reminded me of Ruby, or like when it first started coming out, or like all the weirdly 3D but 2D animes that are up on Netflix. Yep. I just I don't like that style. Yep. But as the series progressed, I think the animation team really got got it together and figured out how to light these models in a way that still like it added tone to the episodes as opposed to everything just being bright and some dynamic bright. lighting happening. Thank you, exactly. Uh, as for the content of the the show, I also wasn't too excited for it. Um, I'm one of the Star Wars fans that's brain lives in the era of the Galactic Civil War. But that being said, I don't hate the new content as I've tried to explain to Ian several times. It's just, I, I recognize that it, I isn't, believe you. it isn't like directly marketed for me mm-hmm. specifically. And I'm fine with that because again, I see new young fans of Star Wars. So that means the brand will live on and I can be grouchy about things, but also be excited that kids are getting excited about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. This prepared statement has a lot of side tangents. It has a ton of side tangents <laughs> because I should have read it before I started recording it. Hmm. Oh, this is a great analogy. This is going to be fun to edit together for me later. Clearly see it as a Star Wars. It's more of a... I like Tony Hawk Pro Skater more than I like Tony Hawk Underground. Both are about skateboarding. One's just a little bit more different than the other, than the one I grew up with. Way to date us, man. Isn't it? High five. Yeah. Found it. We are, we are um, old. <laughs> I've also said that being said in this, this paragraph like eight times. A to be fair. Uh, so, anyways, I grew up to, or I grew to enjoy the show a lot more than I thought I would. I still can't wrap my head around how Kaz, a trained soldier and pilot, is so bad at doing the things he does sometimes. Oh boy! Which is great because this actually comes around to the last episode we're going to talk about, where yeah. he actually gets to do stuff that he's trained to do, and well, uh, I'm excited to see where the season takes us. I'm excited that it is the last season. That came out wrong. As Americans, we tend to drag out shows until we run out of plot and force the show into the dirt. So a short series, perhaps leading into something post-Rise of Skywalker, will be a really good... We know it's going to end, so the stakes are so much higher this season. And that's my prepared statement. Good. Thank you. No, I... I, I would like to I, thank the Academy. Uh, as the Academy of the Jedi Academy, we uh, reject your proposal, as we know you are a Imperial sympathizer. Fact. No, I agree with uh, pretty much all of what you said there. Um, I never really had a big problem with the the animation, but I do agree with you that the the lighting got better as it went on. It got so much better yeah. this season. It, it's like it's like the difference between watching the Clone Wars movie and late Clone Wars. Late seasons. Clone Wars, like it's yeah. night. Well, to me, it's night and day. But yeah, I can see how no one cares. Well, I, I can definitely <laughs> see that it's improved, and that yeah. that's a good thing. Um, I oh man I, I feel you on the Kaz thing on a spiritual level. <laughs> um, I actually think that my interest in the show is diminished as as uh, it went on, and that might be one of the biggest reasons is because the main character is taking a really long time to be competent. But I agree with what you said as well in terms of like 
we are not the target audience for this. I realize it's not targeted at me specifically Mm -hmm. and that I can still find nuggets of things to, to really, you know, enjoy and hold on to in the series. So I'm, I'm also excited to see where it goes and kind of the, the greater implications and the links that it'll have going forward. I just think I'm not as super excited about it as I was when it first happened. Mm-hmm. And I think the really the reason is I uh, screwed up in, in getting into Resistance and watched Mandalorian before that. And Mandalorian is targeted more towards our generation of Star yeah. Wars fans. And I, I watched that and I saw that and I saw what that is. I think it may have unfairly tinted my view of Resistance. Yeah, going to like what you're saying, like it's not really geared towards our age demographic. Right. One of the notes that I had specifically about that, uh, it's more specifically about how my mine and yours kind of annoyance that Kaz was shown to be a competent or supposed to be a competent pilot and like member of a government-funded military, as opposed to like a, like Luke Skywalker who was a rebel who just got into a ship. Right. But we never actually see him doing anything really soldiery or piloty. And so, like that, my note was I may be putting a little too much thought towards a kids show. Not that I made being a kids show is a bad thing. Yeah, that and seems then, to be a common. G- and then uh, in parentheses next to that, like GI Joe was supposed to be made up of the best of the best soldiers, yet they never killed anyone in the show. Yeah. So, Red it, it's kind of that thing. Lasers. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. And, and just because it's a kids show doesn't mean that adults can't enjoy it. Right. Absolutely. No. No. I, I. I can. I concur with that entirely. I just. I, I think where where the Achilles heel with that really is is the fact that all of Star Wars content is being linked. It weaves and creates an overall narrative, and that's when the little bits of like, oh, this guy's not super competent and this and that, but if you look at another Star Wars thing for another age group or something, you know, those things have to coexist in the same world, and I think that's where some of that frustration comes from, but it's not a deal breaker, and it shouldn't be for anybody. Like, that is what Star Wars is and Mm. has been, even before Disney got the license. Yes. You know, the expanded universe had stuff for everybody, and the new canon has the same, so. Exactly. um, That's what makes Star Wars unique. All right. All right, with all that out of the way. Yeah. what do you remember from last season? Or, like, what was the lead-up to this season? What was the lead-up to this season? Well, uh, Kaz was bad at being a spy. He was a bad spy. Mm-hmm. Bad at spying and being one. Uh, a spy. Fair. And uh, because he was bad at being a spy, very much uh, all of the time, the First Order kind of took over the Colossus platform and was causing all these sorts of trouble. And looking for a spy who was bad, bad at being a spy. And it kind of forced the the platform itself to make a choice to either align with the First Order or not do that. And most of them decided to not do that. And the Colossus platform turned out to be a ship itself. And after a attempted hostile takeover by the First Order... The Colossus rose out of the sea and into the sky and took off forward into unknown space to meet up with the Resistance. Uh, All of that with the exception of Tam, who didn't take too kindly to the choice that they made and ended up siding with the First Order. I have a lot of notes about that coming up in in the next few episodes, yeah. That pretty much sums up my notes. My notes are a lot shorter. Mm. Uh, mine are, uh, the jig is up. 
The First Order's secret, pl secret plan to take over the Colossus doesn't go as planned, and the station nopes out of there into the unknown regions. Check with Ian. See, I like your <laughs> version better. See, mine makes me You're sound like a drowning, snoring, like, college professor. Yours mm -hmm. is, like, all hip with the cool kid lingo, yo. Yeah. So let's let's go ahead and jump into Season 2, Episode 1, titled Into the Unknown. Uh, my, my little summary, what's the word I'm looking for? Yeah. Summary of it is the Colossus is in deep space, maybe near Dakar? Uh, they're not sure. Cass and crew must go stabilize the gravity, but also have to deal with the First Order Rolly boy who is trying to thwart them and send a message to the First Order. Meanwhile, Tam is with the First Order and is enlisted to become a pilot. Cass tries to reach out to her on an encrypted comm link, but she ain't having nuns of that. Yo. Ian. Yeah, First Order droids will now, uh, or any rolling droids, ball yeah. droids, will now be referred to as Rolly boys. Yeah, fair. Uh, I like that a lot. Uh, and yeah, no, I concur with that summary. Let's kind of get into some of the nitty-gritty of the episode then. So, Let me hit some of my like my, my quick notes. Yeah. Do you have any like those just kind of like bullet-pointed, more observational notes on your, on your end? Uh, well, hit me with yours okay. and we'll see if any comes up in my brain. I told you I was going to hit them later. Yep. So my first tiny note is animation is still getting better. Ow. You hit me. Oh, I get it. Nah. Uh, got scared that you got stung by a bee. Also, Captain Phasma's in this. I miss her. Will she be in Rise of Skywalker? My money's on yes. Yeah, I feel like yes. They can't... If I've learned anything about Star Wars, it's just because you fall into something doesn't mean you're dead. They can't Boba Fett her. They... Like they Boba Fetted Boba Fett? Yeah, they can't Boba Fett her. I bet a lot of people thought you could have Boba Fett Boba Fett, but then Boba Fett got Boba Fetted. Yeah, that's true. But when you look back, I feel like Phasma... Had a little bit more personality. I'd love to see a Phasma v. Finn rematch. Yeah. Maybe one that lasts a little bit longer. Yeah. And shows a little bit more stakes than right. what it's been every time. Yep. And then my last really note, uh, my last note is a really cool shot of hyperspace being reflected in Bucket's eyepiece. Um, oh, yeah. So we the camera cuts to them flying through hyperspace in the Colossus. Right. And it slowly pans out to reveal we're looking at Bucket's eye. Looking out, out the, the space dock, and I thought that was just a really cool cinematic shot. I have a comment about Bucket that doesn't have anything to do with any of this. You want him to have a head, don't you? Well, I, I like his helmet. I like the look of him. But the helmet stays on. It's shown to It's shown to be loose and fall off all the time, but it also stays on perfectly fine when he's in the back of Jaeger's ship. Ian, it's a cartoon. No. Not oh, okay. in the back of his ship. Yeah. I didn't even think about like that. Like when they're flying and it's just wiggling around on his head back there. <laughs> that bothers me. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that shot too. They did a little bit of playing with Zero Grav yeah. in this episode, which I enjoyed because we don't see a ton of Zero Grav in Star Wars, mm -hmm. even though it takes place in among the, the stars. What else? Yeah, I, I did like the playing around with Zero Grav. I liked that the First Order droid was shown to have, like, a mind of its own and protocols to, like, mm. you know, sabotage things. Again... I like that the turtle people were afraid of it. Like, <laughs> there's a demon down there. I'm not going down there. Yep, nope. I think MVP for the episode was probably Niku and Tora. Mm. I think they they kind of carried most of the personality. Mm-hmm. 
wasn't a huge fan of I, I think I was kind of expecting since this was the the first episode of the next season I was kind of expecting Kaz to be a little bit more competent um, he was not but he was a little bit braver I think yeah which I I enjoyed like and it's so it's it's rough for me to I think I've mentioned this in another resistance recon it's really hard for me to criticize you know this character. But I do it because I see so much potential in him as a character, and I'd, I'd like to see that grow. And I think we did at the at the end of this review. We've seen a little growth. Yeah. I just I hope it I hope it maintains. Mm, um, so overall, the episode is about them trying to you know they're stranded in hyperspace. They actually don't have enough for another jump. They find out that they're relatively close to Takar. And they're going to head over there to the resistance base that they think is still there. Meanwhile, trying to repair all of the damage that happened to the ship in the right. battle from last season. Tora, Niku, and Kaz are all sent down to the engineering deck to fix a number of things. Communications and the anti-grav system. Fun little cuts back to the uh, the bar where the everyone's just floating around yeah, having a great time, and and the gravity keeps turning on and off, and they just keep slamming into the floor. It's, that's that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that. That was a funny little vignette. So they they go down and they find out that this uh, imperial Rolly boy, the um, first order Rolly boy, go. excuse me, is down there causing causing a mucky muck, causing a havoc, and attempting to send a broadcast back. And they thwart the Rolly boy and turn systems back on. And then Kaz does something dumb. What does he do, John? After communications are back, he decides to send a communication to somebody Mm -hmm. in the First Order. Did you forget who it was? Because it seems like you're looking at me to try to give you the answer. Well, I was was asking you what the data. I was trying to pass the ball. Right, I see, I see. Um, and, and then and then you just... I'm not good at sports ball. You, uh, you just stop talking. The, the problem was that you started that with, and then he does something dumb, and that could be one of many things. That's true. <laughs> Which is why I was trying to specify. And, and then when I figured out what you are trying to get me to do, I, I didn't think it was as dumb, personally. Which kind of brings me to one of my one of my notes on okay, Tam. Okay, fair. Now that Tam is Let's officially about separated the, from the <laughs> story group, I guess. Yep. Not story group, but you know what I mean. And she's with the First Order, and she's trying to fit in. And uh, I can see how a lot of people are could ra- like rage, quote-unquote, on Tam for joining the First Order. But I think people are for- could forget that uh, about her particular situation. Kaz and company hid everything they were doing from Tam since the start. When Kaz needed a ship, Jaeger gave him the ship that Tam was repairing for herself. Tam was never invited to be part of the club. She was always an outsider. And I can see how she would continue to feel that way after she left the Colossus. The only people seemingly not to deceive her were members of the First Order, even though they're clearly deceiving her. I absolutely agree with everything you just said, which mm-hmm. is why what Kaz does at the end of the episode is stupid. But but Tam is his friend still, so he wanted to make sure she was okay. This no. Is, this is classic kids, kids I, cartoon. I know, but it was like everybody told him this is a huge security risk. He did it anyway. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Episode 2 happened. <sighs> Before we go to that, any last minute comments on episode 1? I have no idea what this quote is, but I'm pretty sure it's taken out of context. The First Order makes him tough and hurdy. Uh, I have no idea what that's oh, from. Oh, yeah. No, he's talking about the... Uh, Rolly Boy? The Rolly Boy. Because uh, they, they thought they killed it. 
they thought they destroyed it mm-hmm. in the last season. And uh, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah right. He was like, they make him real tough, and then he puts his little electroshocker out mm-hmm. and hurty. <laughs> That, that's what it was. That might have been um, the moment where I was like, oh. <laughs> Bless your heart. But again, uh, like, that being said, absolutely sounds like something I would say as, a, like, a player character in a, in a video game right. or, or, or in a D&D campaign or something. And make a, him tough and hurdy. I've got one note on things that aren't necessarily related to the plot, which I just thought was cool. Yeah, let's hear um, it. And it's about specifically the Colossus. Hmm. The design of the Colossus as a Star Trek, to me, is very interesting. Most sci-fi, we still treat spaceships like terrestrial aircraft, with a bridge towards the front and a long body than engines for lift and aerodynamics. The Colossus flies upright with the bridge at the center of the top, kind of like how the Enterprise bridge is, where it's like on the top of the saucer, mm-hmm. and then a long downwards sloping body with engines along the, uh, the long edge, so to speak. It's very unconventional to what we know for of sci-fi, but in space, the same aerodynamic designs don't mean anything because there's no air resistance. So you can build ships like that, and it, the design reminds me of the Sun Crusher, if you remember that from yeah. Legends, yeah, yeah. except much bigger and definitely not able to fly through a planet or star right. that, have, that we've seen yet. That we've seen yet. Yeah, it could. Could. Which Who would knows? be impressive. So it's kind of cool to like to actually get to see the full ship in all of its broken glory, and I we agree. get to see it continuously throughout the, the season, which is nice. I have one thing to add to that statement. The I think one of the reasons why we still give spaceships an aerodynamic shape is because in we, we expect them to be able to operate in atmosphere as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, especially stuff like small fighter craft and stuff like that, still continues to have that aerodynamic dynamic shape in most sci-fi. But I agree with you. It is really cool to see such a unique ship design. And it really does give credence to the ship's name, the Colossus. Right. Because it's a big boy. <laughs> it's a big ship doo Let's get to Ep 2. And we're going. All right. Episode oh, 2. On to episode 2. Episode 2. A quick salvage run. Real quick. The Colt Osuba? Real King quick. No, no, no. Oh, gotcha. Salvage run. Real quick. Real quick salvage run. Yep. The Colossus arrives at Dakar amid the rubble and detritus of the battle that took place at the beginning of The Last Jedi. Excellent use of detritus. Thank you. The, there's another one for seaward uh, C- based debris, and I cannot remember what it was. Floatsum. The floatsum and jetsum of the battle. Mm. Oh, so good. My buddy Jack would be proud of me. Absolutely. Uh, so blah, blah, blah. Yes. Took battle plays in Last Jedi with no base and no fuel. Kaz, in quotes, leads a team of pirates to the First Order Dreadnought to retrieve some coaxium for the Colossus before the First Order arrives. They won't arrive, though. They, won't, they don't even know where they no, are. No, absolutely not. Why would they know where they are? It's not like they have some sort of device that uh, just had a message sent to them that they can track. Random notes. I actually have a note here that says stuff happens. I must not have been paying attention at that part of the cast. GG. Um, so there's a part where Tam is going out to get in a fighter, I think, or somewhere. I don't remember exactly where. Uh, she wasn't. She wouldn't have been in a fighter yet. Anyway, she's on the first order ship. Yeah. And two troopers walking by go talk about. Oh, have you seen the new T seven TS sevens? And I was like, oh, that's a great callback to all the classic Star Wars helmeted troops talking about the newest vehicle models <laughs> uh, trope that Star Wars has. And I, I really appreciated that. Actually, you know what? And why don't you do your 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 episode 
recap down before I, I just like for sure for sure like notes <laughs> yeah so uh in this episode we uh the colossus arrives at takar which if you are unfamiliar is the planet where the first order base bleh, the resistance base is Ooh. at the end of the force awakens and at the very beginning of the last jedi that gets bombarded to rubble um, it has at this point been bombarded to rubble, but the remains of the First Order Dreadnought are still floating in space. After the horrific realization that they are not going to be getting any help from any resistance, there is a idea that they can salvage uh, some coaxium, which is needed to power their hyperdrive to get out of there, to actually go out and, and continue to survive and, and avoid the First Order. So Kaz gets the brilliant idea of trusting Sonara and Pirate Friends. Uh, Sonara seems down, but Pirate Friends not so much until they are reminded that there's probably a lot of good First Order swag that they can nick just sitting on board the Scuttle Destroyer. So they all kind of go over there and start fishing around. While this is happening, Tam has a very miniature crisis of confidence, which is ended almost immediately, and she ends up giving her comlink with Kaz's communication on it to her superior officer. They use that to track the Colossus to Takar. They show up at Takar and the shooting begins. The aces do not do so great at the shooting with the First Order and it is kind of a race to the to the finish getting the Coaxium back on board the Colossus before the First Order ship Star Destroyer can end up destroying the Colossus, and they get out of there in the nick of time. That about sums it up for the episode, unless you have anything to add, John. I do not. <gasps> uh, yeah, I think I think that sums it up pretty succinctly. Um, do you have any 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 notes on this? Any, yeah. Any quick rando notes? Yeah. So at the very end of the last episode, Tim has the message from Kaz and she shuts it off like aggressively Mm -hmm. and then my thinking was oh okay that's it she's done like she's not you know she doesn't care and then the very first scene in this episode is her pulling it out and listening to it Mm -hmm. which is like oh she's gonna maybe have a change of heart and then she turns it in and then it switches back to being super aggressive about the whole thing because her superior officer agent lady like uses brainwashy talk to tell her what was on the recording even though she didn't finish listening to it and then when she sees the colossus getting destroyed she's got a soft spot again like i i think one of the things you're forgetting is the reason she turned it in is because she got caught with it yeah but... and i think more i don't think she would have turned it in if homeboy hadn't walked in on her with it, yeah, it's true. Because she goes, "Are you gonna tell? Are you gonna tell on me or whatever?" And he's like, "I'm gonna have to, or we're both gonna get in trouble." Yeah. Um, so she, to me, she kind of half-heartedly gave it over. Like she knew it was the right thing for her, her new role, but I don't think she wanted to give it up. To me, when she went back to listen to it again, that was her going, "Maybe I've, maybe I've made a mistake here." Sure. Okay, that's fair. I, I think it's one of those like holdovers from. Her betrayal not making sense to you? 
it made sense, but it didn't make all the sense. Does that make sense? Her like, joining the First Order in the first place? Yeah, I th- well, just some of the reasoning why she was angry and upset from the last season. I think I remember, I remember discussing this in the last season and just kind of like, I, I just don't think they gave her enough reason to jump sides until your earlier readout of it. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where if you just watch it, you're just kind of like, well, you know, screw you, Tam. You know, it's yeah, ungrateful person. T- but Tam, then you... They kind of wrote Tam to feel like an ungrateful friend. Right. Throughout the whole thing. Yeah. But she's ungrateful because all these things that she's working on, Kaz right. has come in and just undercut all of it. Yeah. No, and, and I... And I it's... think maybe it's because I, I watched the episodes a few more times. Right. And I think it also might be because... We're seeing everything through the hero's eyes, right. you know, the hero lens, and we know more than the characters do, mm-hmm. and that colors our opinions of it, and that's something that I didn't, like, It. I'm, I'm trying to get out of that cycle, mm-hmm. so I think I was just kind of, like, annoyed with Tam's character, and then when I saw the flippy floppiness, I was just like, <laughs> but at the same time, I get it. Yeah, know? I don't think there's any doubt in either of our minds that she's going to switch sides again by the end oh, of this. Oh, absolutely not. Uh, oh, they which should is be something brave we, and not do it. But, I know, right, yeah. they won't. Uh, no, they won't. They won't not in this one. Uh, well, I'm liking this kind of storyline. We, we didn't get it in Solo with him at the Academy and then, you know, changing his mind being there because it was a deleted scene. Right. Uh, which we'll talk about in the next episode. Seeing what the other side's training is or seeing how the other side operates, for me, at least harkens back to, like, Wedge until he's going off to the Academy. Well, right. We assume it's the Imperial Academy. Like, everybody, no, everybody was going to the academy like that was the way out regardless if you felt if you agreed with the doctrine but like that was your way right to do something other than living on your desert planet if you recall we did see wedge as an imperial cadet in rebels and we saw him oh we did that's right good call good call yep Yep. um i'm interested to see how the first order trains its new recruits i'm sure there's going to be special exceptions to things because tam is familiar with her office commanding officer and because she is a main character so to speak right that they're probably it's not just going to be like finn's brainwashing well they they actually make a a point to say she should be reprogrammed Mm, oh right yeah and then and then the commander's like (laughs) pyre's just like no she's leave her be she's a good asset yeah it wasn't pyre it was the agent whose name i forgot yeah we should look that up we should um, Alright, random notes on this episode before I go into my one big note of the whole thing. I was confused as to why the First Order forces fired on the derelict Colossus, or the derelict Dreadnought, instead of at the Colossus um, when they, they first jumped into the system. They were just trying to destroy the Dreadnought, because huh. I guess they knew that there was salvagers on it, but tactically they should have fired at the Colossus, because that's that's the bigger that's the capital ship right. like why fire at wreckage when you could fire at when you could take out the enemy ship right um i understand it from a this is a cartoon and like we don't really need to have real world military tactics and if i really want my brain to uh just accept it i just go they're destroying the dreadnought as a denial of um, resources yeah towards anyone else like sure and i've seen that in other sci-fi things where like the borg in star trek this will be one of several Star Trek references I make tonight. Well, the Borg will come back and take all their wreckage so as not to let it get into other people's hands or whatever. Yeah. Skip, skip, skip. Fire at the Colossus. Ah, 
another Star Trek reference in this one. Uh, side note, why? what's with sci-fi cultures relying on hyper-explosive fuel sources? Star Wars has its coaxium, which is unstable at best of times. In Star Trek, the Romulans ships are powered by black holes, etc. Why can't we use safe, safe energy, guys? Come on. You, you realize that our rockets in today's world are just powered by rocket fuel. By explosives, right. Highly I, explosive. I, I agree. Uh, we do have ion drives, but they're super inefficient, especially within a gravity well. But, come on, guys. You know, especially you Romulans, you use black holes to power your starships. That's dumb. They use singularities. It's basically If he makes one more Star Trek reference, I'm going to have to watch Star Trek. I've got a lot of them in here. Uh, Oh, and then when the aces were coming back from Flying Cap, Combat Air Patrol. Tim, your comments. Yeah, Tim. Oh, also. Also, we miss you, Tim. This is specifically for Tim. The hot landing scene, which is when the aces had to land their ships at just velocity in the hangar. It reminded me of all the awesome space battles in Battlestar Galactica where Galactica had to nope out of there real quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so many hot deck landings to get away from the Cylons. Uh, And then in parentheses, nuclear-powered starships. See, now I've Um, seen some Battlestar Galactica, so I don't need to watch. Well, I should finish it. You should watch Battlestar Galactica. I have. You've Um, shown me some of it. I very much enjoy it. So do you have any small rando notes on this before I get into my... My, my finish thing? Um, I still love the pirates' whole, like, scavenger just, gear Just thing. the big pirates. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And they're definitely, like, more aggressive than, say, well, not more aggressive. Uh, I would say more chaotic than, like, Hondo's pirates. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Hondo, the Anaka clan had the disadvantage of having Hondo as their leader. Right, exactly. <laughs> But I just I still love seeing I, we were able to get a little bit more detail like up close shots of them and they're they're the guys just like in scavenged stormtrooper armor all that kind of stuff still love them really like Sonara as a character I think she kind of completed her her you know that betrayal arc very well and now she's kind of like a middleman between the pirates and and the Colossus and yeah no I, I very much enjoy the uh, uh, I, I enjoy the the pirates being there I think they had some spice. One thing I was really disappointed in with this episode, and I think it's been something that has been consistent with throughout the series, is that when they do in-atmosphere flying, it's really good and really cool. And when they do space flying, it just doesn't feel the same. I think it's missing something, and I think that might be because of the, the void of space. Right. So the way they make up for that in the movies is they just have a butt-ton of lasers firing all the time. and the ships are generally close to the capital ships, so you have a a frame of size reference of what's going on, size and speed. Exactly, and I feel like they just... I think they need to up the speed Mm -hmm. um, in in the space battles, and I just... It felt very, very lacking to me in this episode, and that was a kind of a disappointment. But I, I think that that was intentional, leading into the next episode, to kind of emphasize how not good at being space pilots the Aces really are. Right, but I have to judge it on when I first see it, fair. That's and fair. not in the context of... You didn't see Into the Future? No, see, you I can't... You didn't, yeah. use, you didn't use time Exactly. Points. Like, and I agree with you now, like, going back and re-watching it, I think I will be more on that side, but mm-hmm. my feeling in the moment when I first was watching that is that I was I was a little disappointed in it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I and I think that's also an asset thing, you know, because we can we have so many more ships and lasers and fires and all that stuff in in uh, in the movies. Yeah, nice. Uh, I think that's yeah. it. I've, okay. I've got for two. So one of the interesting things I took away from this, it has to do with Tam's storyline, which I'm excited that they kind of have this B story, so to speak, with Tam. Yeah, um, me too. Because not not only does it give her character more screen time, because I thought I always thought she was an interesting character, just we never really got to see her because she was always right being pushed aside by Kaz and Co. Yeah, um, makes 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 uh, makes my frustration with her even less uh, <laughs> even less reasonable. Yeah, this 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 note, whatever. I should figure out a better way to transition into these. This note uh, says, says ID numbers is a bad thing. Explain yourself. Yeah, I will. I have a whole paragraph too. Uh, this episode has a strong message in Tam's storyline. Now that she is a full pilot with the First Order, or at least she is piloting for the First Order, I should say, she is only referred to by her number. She is reminded that she must wear her helmet even outside the cockpit. This kind of parallels Finn's stormy backstory, where he only knows himself as his FN number, mm-hmm. which, going further into that, like he is still being known by his First Order right. affiliation. But I think he's he's this is different for Finn, because he's kind of... Made it his own. Uh, weird side tangent. It's a f- psychological move on the First Order's part to attempt to program out individuality in its soldiers. When the individuals destroy it, all that remains is the collective. And then in parentheses, I've been watching a lot of Star Trek Voyager. Hella oh collective parallels right now. Uh. Uh, the contrast heavily with how the Republic trained the clones. At first, uh, they only acknowledged the troopers by their CT number, but as the war progressed, they realized that the clones can be individuals as well, which is when we start seeing clones that aren't numbers but are nicknamed for their names, or they, they take their numbers and they make them their own, like mm-hmm. Finn does. And then I have a quote from Rex, Captain Rex, We're not programmed. You have to learn to make your own decisions, which I thought was something that was very important. And then in the next episode, they just walked right over everything I wrote there, and that made me very sad. But I understood why they do the thing they do right. for for story purposes. Sure. Uh, but I thought I'd gotten found something, and I'm like, oh, I'm super deep. This is so cool. I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, I have comments <laughs> on that, but I think I'll wait till after we talk about the the the, the third uh, episode stuff because mm-hmm. it, it 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 correlates. What's kind of interesting that is, I completely forgotten that Pyre or whoever was like, no, we shouldn't reprogram her. Oh, yeah. that's in the next episode. Isn't yeah, it? that is in this next episode. Uh, episode three, Ian? How yeah, episode three. All right. Let's do it. Season two, episode three, live fire. Live fire. Pilots got a pilot. Yo. Well, better than their piloting. Yeager and Kaz use some of the military training to put the aces through the paces. Meanwhile, Tam does the same, but like first order stylies. Yeah. Ian, what happened in, uh, in episode three? Well, Kaz does something useful. And uh, does it well. I agree. Is that it? Yeah. No. <laughs> now, uh, Kaz, uh, Kaz and Yeager are put onto the Aces team because the Aces need to be better fighter pilots if they're going to survive this First Order hunt and not uh, rely on just their racing abilities. It was good enough to stop, you know, sort of chaotic untrained pirates but it wasn't good enough to stop trained military first order pirates pilots not pirates pilots you doing okay okay i've got pilots and pirates it's a problem um so i gotta train up my aces makes sense so 
the Yeager starts putting the aces through their paces, as you said before, very, very well alliterated. Thank you. And one of their, their faults is that they, they don't work well as a team because they're used to being racers. The most egregious example of this is Hype, Hype Faison who does not want to be uh, a team member, and Kaz and Yeager kind of take down the aces relatively easily uh, in a training exercise on this ice moon. So Hype needs to be convinced by Tora to kind of uh, come and be one with the team, and uh, does so, and ends up uh, saving the day after a training exercise goes bad with a giant manta ray ice monster that comes out and eats Jaeger, or tries to eat Jaeger's ship. Mm. And the power of teamwork is used to save him and save the day. Meanwhile, over in the First Order, Tam gets her first taste of flying in a TIE fighter, is sent by, I'm just going to call her gulag sergeant i don't remember what her name is but she sounds like the kind of person who will send you to the gulag if you do not perform adequately and gulag sergeant goes ahead and weird flux yeah (laughs) (laughs) gulag sergeant goes ahead and sends out remote x-wings as targets for the recruits to shoot down and the whoever shoots the most down becomes uh, squad leader and tam is well on her way to being squad leader when her buddy blondie whose name i forget tries to one-up her and gets damaged for his troubles and he ends up careening towards the star destroyer tam saves his bacon however this bacon will not be cooked and eaten with pleasure as gulag sergeant is displeased with her heroic actions and she has to learn to not look out for number one there so i think that's pretty much the episode anything to add I think that was it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Um. Uh, random notes. A couple great quotes in this yep. episode. I believe it's it's Tora that calls Kaz a catastrophe. No, no, that was uh, was that hype? was hype. Yeah, that was classic. I like yeah, that. Perfect. Wish I had a friend named Kaz. I'm, I'm just glad other people are catching on to it. Cast. My note is catastrophe. Got him. <laughs> and then there was a really cool exchange between Freya and Griff when they're doing their their training. And Freya says, I didn't know Imperial pilots were so concerned about one another, Griff. And Griff responds with, yeah, we weren't. That's why we lost. And I think that's kind of like a cool, I don't even want to say throwback, but it's totally a throwback to the end of the Empire. And like a reminder that he is an Imperial pilot, but that doesn't mean that, you know, he's he's bad peoples. Yeah. Um, Which I thought was cool. And I actually have another thing about that sort of thing uh, later uh, in this particular reading of things i really like that quote as well and, and that was actually one of my favorite uh, lines in the show another quote from hype where where hype just shouts at him when he when Cass says he's going to be his wing leader i hope you know what i'm doing yeah i'm like that kind of <laughs> sums up the opposite of what they're what yeager and Cass are trying to teach everything else i have is long story stuff hmm. so did you have any yeah any um notes? I liked getting more time with the Aces. I always thought that the show was going to be more geared towards the Aces, and then it wasn't. And now it kind of had... I, I like that we got some time with them. I really, really liked the flying in this episode. Mm-hmm. It was really, really well done. I was really interested and uh, enjoyed that the training remotes used by the First Order were X-Wings. Yeah. That was cool. There were a couple nuggets of First Order lore that got dropped. 
um, in this and the last episode. You know, the the numbers thing, which we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, always wearing your helmet, how they train their pilots, that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, this was the strongest of the episodes for me, and I had a lot of fun with it. I think that's it for my quick notes. Ooh, one of the things that I remember mentioning to you in Discord that I forgot to write down here is that this this episode, the training montage, reminded me a lot of the old X-Wing and Rebel Assault games from Lucasfilm from oh, back yeah. in the late 90s, where they're just kind of like going out and just trying to learn to fly aircraft. Go fly in this canyon. Yeah, in a canyon, or through a canyon filled with obelisks, or through a canyon in space. And it just gave me that vibe, and that, that 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 gave me some good feels. Do a barrel roll. Don't do a barrel roll. Use don't the boost a, to get through. That's don't don't use don't, use the brake. Don't don't barrel roll in a T sixteen. You can't do it, and you're just going to crash into the wall, and then your three lives will be up, and then you'll have to start the game over. That's fair. Rebel assault was brutal. Yeah. So my my long story notes here. So Yeager and Captain Doza, they get along real good. They plan real good together, and I thought it was kind of, that was kind of cool. I still think it's kind of cool. So, uh, I may have touched on this before, but I really do like the narrative they're pushing with Captain Doza and Yeager's friendship and mutual respect. Yep. Something that commonly gets lost in these multi-generational stories is that people can change. Yeager knows that Doza was an Imperial. Doza knows that Yeager was a rebel. They both work with Ace Griff, who was an Imperial pilot. 30 years after the Galactic Civil War, a lot of people have moved on. And in the words of Captain Malcolm Reynolds, war's long done. We're all just folk now. And that in... <laughs> One of my fun notes that I've been sending to you constantly. Uh, probably didn't help that Mon Mothma declared all Imperial officers a war criminal after the Declaration of Surrender was signed. Yeah, I got ideas and opinions <laughs> brewing on that particular little tidbit. Though there. the Wikipedia page on that has changed to be a lot more lenient than what I thought it was. Yeah, it, but it, still. it did say all Imperial officers, and then it was changed to all Imperial officers that didn't sign or didn't agree, agree to follow the rules of the treaty mm. and then it was all all those officers i'll see above and all non-combat officers were exempt exempted yeah so my my fun joke to ian constantly about how i was a, a lieutenant in charge of the the waste disposal unit on on scarif or whatever and now i'm a war criminal doesn't hold as much water but I just find it's it, you. You're still a war criminal. Still a war criminal. Yeah, you probably use Jedi to scrub your floors. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. specifically like like midi chlorians get the dirt out. Hair. Yeah. One thing that I'm I'm really enjoying about this series that I did not really think that they would go into, especially it being uh, more geared towards children and the politics of what people have done in the past. I didn't think they would touch on that just because it's it's kind of an adult theme. I would say. They'd have to go into it a little bit more for it to like make sense to kids. But if if you're an older fan that knows the significance of Doza being an Imperial and Jaeger being a rebel, I think it's kind of cool to show that 30 years later, people just kind of want to move on with their lives. Right. And I, I've been really, really enjoying that that back and forth between them. And if you think about it too, like there's no there was no break point in between the Clone Wars and the Imperial Civil War, mm-hmm. right? Order 66 happened, and the Emperor took control, and almost immediately there were people going, nah, 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 nah. There, there was no period of reflection for those people to kind of look back and be like, yeah, you know what, both sides had, you know, we didn't want to do, this war was a bad thing, you know? There was no, mm-hmm. there was no time for those wounds to heal. 
uh, unlike in this particular show where you shows that that you know there are people who are going to hold on to the past and want to recreate it a la the first order there are the people who are going to fight against that a la the resistance and then there are the people who just want their kids to grow up in a galaxy that isn't at war year and 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 doza captain doza there you go you got it you got there yeah um Another aspect of that. It takes place in the Unknown Regions, which has kind of always been known as um, outside of Republic control, outside of Empire control, outside of, I won't say First Order control because they started there, but it's always been where you go when you don't want to be under the foot of a government of any kind. And it kind of reminds me, again, of Firefly, where Captain Malcolm Reynolds, who fought for the the Rebels, basically just took off to the Outer Rim mm-hmm. to try to get away from the things that reminded him of the defeat and to kind of like just move on with himself right and cool other like sci-fi parallels it's so weird that sometimes um certain sci-fi tropes annoy us right and then certain sci-fi tropes are endearing yep and that's 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 star wars at the moment that's tropes <laughs> it's man. like so yeah anyway cool yeah cool cool back and forth the other thing i had or unless you have something to add to that okay nah. Uh, the other thing I have is about Tam's side stories that I alluded to earlier yeah. in this segment. I think that her side stories are really good for pacings of the episode. Or pacing of the episodes. Agreed. Uh, this episode seems to crap... <laughs> These are my notes word for word. This episode seems to crap all over my last thing about the F- uh, First Order not wanting individuals. <laughs> um, it seems like now they are trying to say the First Order wants hotshot fly, pe- fly persons in the air. Story-wise, uh, it's a great contrast to what Yeager and Kaz are trying to teach the Aces, which is why I don't mind it too much, and I'm really enjoying the two-story arc episodes so far. It just seems to me that having a swarm of individuals that are also brainwashed into being not... I may have confused myself. Um, yeah. Uh, it just seems to me that having a swarm of individuals that are also brainwashed into being not being an individual is just bad psychology. See now, here's here's my take on that because I think it's a little different from yours. I didn't think the point of Tam being reprimanded was that they want everybody to be a hot shot. I think what they want is for them to focus on the mission and only the mm-hmm. mission and not care about your fellow pilots. Yeah. And that you know that absolutely makes sense to me. And that is that is more in line with the brainwashing. Mhm. The part of that is he got shot because the the pilot that she went after got shot because he got in the crosshairs of another pilot. Right. And there seemed like they were kind of encouraging that. I I I, I your point totally makes sense yeah. uh, as and how I can uh allow myself to live with this fact. Because she, she's the, the, the gulag sergeant basically just says, if he was dumb enough to get in your way, screw him. Mm-hmm. Like, don't worry about it. If he dies serving the First Order, he dies. Yeah. <laughs> and one thing we kind of talked about recording uh, before recording this is one of the things I was upset mostly about in that whole situation is that they were upset that he, she saved the life of a pilot who cost money to train saved a starfighter which cost money and then saved the damage to the capital ship he was about to crash into which i believe cost money and can you can can confirm confirm that's a pretty hefty credit sum right there so i just like that's that's just like a dumb thing or it's faking monkel flan monkel flan there you go yeah it's gonna cost all the monkel flan 
But so I thought that was funny. I thought it was funny that I was upset with that. Yeah, no, like from that angle, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. And then one random side note on that is I'm pretty sure that this is the Tam did the same thing that got Han Solo kicked out of the academy. So if you watch the Solo deleted scenes, he basically is in a tribunal uh, or court martial explaining how he broke formation to save the life of another pilot. And then they get all mad at him and then he gets transferred to the infantry. So I think that was just a clever way of the writing team to sneak that little bit of Star Wars back into Star Wars. So uh, thank you, writing team. Yep. Yep. Cool. And is that that's that's it for now? I think that's it for now. Cool. So overall, what do you think about the series season? Uh, I, it's only been three episodes. I'm hopeful in the fact that you know I wasn't quite into the first two episodes, mm-hmm. but the third episode really caught my interest, and so I think that. Uh, and also talking with you helps yeah. to kind of just like you know get a little deeper into it, analyze it a little bit more, and look forward to what's coming up. So no, uh, overall I'm looking forward to to. Uh, continuing it, looking at it more. I'm not going to say it's my most anticipated Star Wars thing this year. Not with Mandalorian and and Rise of Skywalker coming out. But uh, I'm still having a good time with it. I enjoy watching it. And if you're a Star Wars fan, you know, if you're caught up with Mando, go check out the first season of Resistance. It's on Disney Plus as well. And it's a, it's a great introductory series for kids as well. Mm, absolutely. And it holds, and it holds a lot of uh, good lore nuggets for you lore boys out there like myself. Yeah. Anything final to add there, John? I'm excited about this season. Um, I'm excited that it's the last season, like I said in in my my intro. Not because I'm excited for the show to go off the air, but because the stakes are so much higher knowing that it has to end. Right. And that's one of the things that I'm looking forward to so much in this episode or season because the first season it was all on the Colossus, so it kind of felt a lot of hurry up and wait. We know something's going to happen. It's going to happen eventually. Hang out and see if it happens. But now they've been thrust into it. Uh, I'm now beginning to confuse parts of upcoming episodes with parts now from the recent episodes. So I'm going to try not to not to go too much into that. Yeah, but, spoilers, man. But so far I've been enjoying it, especially 2 and 3. Uh, or episodes 2 and 3, they, they kind of started that, the whole picking up the pace of the plot. Yep. With the Aces knowing, they, or the Aces failing to do, not failing, but not being good enough. At, they don't be bad at fighty fights. So then they have to go train. And then so I'm excited to see what happens next. Like, okay, now they're trained because this is a cartoon and you only need one training session to become good at anything. Yeah, That's absolutely. Fine. It's you, fine. I don't care. It's called a montage. Uh, ooh, montage. A Moncal montage. Oh, a Moncal um, montage. So, yeah, I'm just... Oh, flan. I'm, I've, I've got... I've got uh, high I've, hopes. I've got high hopes. i got good 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 feels on, on this season. Good. Um, it'll be interesting to see, I mean, obviously what happens, but if, if they go on and if this is the last season of Resistance, but just the beginning of a new Star Wars title. Sure. Because I'm sure they're going to do something that takes place between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, and I'm wondering if they're going to use these characters and just rebrand the show. So it's like the last mm. episode of Resistance, but then it's the first episode of, or the, yeah, the first episode of resistance reborn or something i don't know know. my brain done you know i i i don't think that there's gonna be 
much in between those two movies yet just because of how soon it is to rise of skywalker Mm -hmm. i think it'll they'll they'll let it sit and marinate a bit before coming back and revisiting that time period oh yeah for sure no that that that, i'm not not saying like right away yeah 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 no we didn't get you but i don't think anyone would have expected that there was going to be two different clone wars cartoons no sort of thing yeah after the tartakovsky thank you it's like this is like the uh, the stormtrooper. The Aaron, I Aaron. You doing all right, buddy? I can write. My brain is. My brain seems to be shutting down. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just bad at words. Like this is not <laughs> new to the tonight. Like I was trying to say that Alden Ehrenreich thing. Mm-hmm. How I kept calling him like Aaron Alden Eichenreichen Rugen Rugen Alden Eichenreich or whatever I kept calling him. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, if you are looking forward to hearing more about it, go ahead and uh, watch the next couple episodes as we will be reviewing them soon. Thank you for joining us for the first Resistance Recon of the second season and this episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. Please go ahead and uh, give us a email at HothPod or a tweet on the Twitters at Hothpod, uh, and the email is at hothpod at gmail.com. Oh boy, great ending. Leave it in. We're doing it live. Yeah. Um, hothpod see, at gmail.com. You seem to have just brain broke yep. midway through. Completely <laughs> just done. Um, you got excited about wings. Yep, I did get excited about wings. It also doesn't help that we are doing two days of recording in a row, and I don't think my brain was like prepared for that. <laughs> Yes, but uh, go ahead, and if you have a question or comment or suggestion for another episode, go ahead and hit us up on Twitter at HothPod, or send us an email at HothPod at gmail.com. If you would like to get any more episodes or articles or other things that we've done, you can go ahead to our website, HothTopicsPodcast.com. Also, be sure to go ahead and check out the Kessel Toy Run. Links will be in the description below and on our site. Please, please, please check them out. They are a wonderful charity. And if you do donate, do if you do donate, if you do donate to them and you heard about it from us, please let us know. We would love to give you a shout out on the show. I have been your host, Ian, whose internal circuits are shutting down. I am going to power down now and uh, recharge. Joining me has been John. You totally messed up the delivery of that. Usually, joining me has been, and then I don't say anything, and then you go, that's been John. You done, you done messed that up. That bit, that bit's over. You're done. That, You're done. And that was John. <laughs> Bringing it back. I saved it. Oh, God, this is going to be a disaster. Uh, thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next time. I need, I need something. I don't know what it is. Yeah, sleep, food. Sleep, food. <laughs>